You're listening to episode 49 of the We Got the Runs podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about Runspiration with Jeremy Rivera. Welcome to the We Got the Runs podcast. I'm your host, Letty Lundquist, and I invite you to join me as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make every run a good run. Hey runners, welcome to episode 49. For those of you guys that don't know me, welcome to the podcast. My name is Letty and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Ryan. How's it going? Pretty good. So we do running related podcast episodes, anything from running related to motivation to training insights. We have expert guests on that come to our show and let us know about their knowledge and expertise. And we try to be entertaining and fun as well. <laughs> Ryan, are you having fun with the new microphone? Yeah, I'm trying it out. So I got new microphones that have real microphone arms and a um, pop blocker so I can see and you guys can't hear it. Is that what they're called? I think they're called poppers, but maybe not. <laughs> We're learning about podcasting all the time. So so this is the new setup. And uh, anyway, so if you guys... Uh, so they should let you know if you notice a difference in the quality. People should let you know. Yes, if, if you like our better. new quality, let us know. That's a, that's a great thing to say. And how can they reach us? Or worse. I don't know. The podcast or the Instagram? Yes, you can reach the us Instagram. <laughs> on the Instagram. <laughs> we're at WGTR Podcast. We also now have a Facebook group that we're growing, and I'm going to start linking it to our show notes. It's Marathon Training 5K, 10K, Half Full by WGTR Podcast. So you could just type in WGTR Podcast and find it. Whew, long intro. So thanks for being here, Ryan. And um, yeah, I try to... We kind of make fun of the situation every time Ryan is off of work. I try to grab him and make him record a couple of podcast episodes with me. But today he was faster and he snuck out of the house before I could even know it. So um, I have an idea of where he went because he came back wet and salty. Just to draw the picture, we live in paradise. I know it's Florida, but it's always super sunny we live on the water. There's dolphins behind our canal, behind the house, and it's just pretty amazing. The water's getting warm. It's turquoise blue, and Ryan likes to do water sports. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us what you did today? So, I did kite foiling and wing foiling. So, basically sailing with, like, little kites and little wings. Wing foiling is relatively new. It's fun, but um, it's hard to explain all the details of it. So, and people will not be interested in that. So instead, maybe if you are interested, just Google it. Google is your friend in this case. So did you have a lot of fun? I did have fun. I saw some blood on the bathroom floor. Where did that come what? from? What? You didn't see blood. <laughs> what you did saw you blood on my feet? foot, not on the bathroom floor. I don't even know how I cut my foot. I always cut, I have my cuts in my hands and my feet. And on your forehead too. And I don't know how I got a cut in my forehead. <laughs> So today we're doing another episode of my Runspiration series with a sub three hour marathoner. This girl actually, her name is Jeremy Rivera and she hasn't done a three hour marathon yet, but she might as well have. She runs a one hour and 24 minute half marathon. And they say rule of thumb, 
just in general, obviously not applicable to everybody, is you take your half marathon time and you double it and you add 10 minutes and then you get your marathon time. So super fast. And um, again, we're doing these interviews to one, get inspired, two, shine some light on the people in our community that run fast, and three, because we find it fascinating to hear what people do that run really fast. And uh, I feel like Three-hour marathoners are more relatable than elites because they have a regular lifestyle, they have regular jobs, and they have to just work hard at their runs without having all that quote-unquote free time that elite athletes have. So I like picking their brains. Free time to train, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it. that is their job, so. It is their job, but they do have more time to get rests and massages and all that stuff. <laughs> You're jealous of the massages. I'm so jealous. I wish I were an elite marathoner. <laughs> well, you could be if you wanted to, maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Probably not at this point in my life. I'm no spring chicken anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so after we had our last uh, sub-three-hour marathoner, Emily Morley, which her episode exploded the internet, someone reached out and asked me why we would even want to run faster. And that kind of took me by surprise, but at the same time, I agreed with that question because Ryan, remember me three years ago? I didn't even want to run faster. I had zero desire. I just wanted to run. And if you would have asked me back then, what was your 5K PR, your 10K? I couldn't have told you because I just literally signed up for races and ran just probably same pace, whatever I felt like that day. Did you actually not? I mean, you probably would have wanted to run faster, but you just didn't want to or had the knowledge or put in the effort to do the training. Like if you would have gone into a marathon and all of a sudden ran three hours, you would have been like, oh, wow, that was fun. <laughs> so my marathon time was always right around four hours. Like it was always for some reason 357. And it was. I remember you said like multiple, multiple marathons that you did they're all right around four hours yeah and 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 i think um at that point i felt like accomplishing boston in my early 30s i needed a i think 330 at the time and that just sounded like something that was too big to do with the amount of time that i wanted to commit to running you remember i was in law school and then i had my little law office that i was trying to run and i really didn't want to run more than two three days a week so anyway, let's go back to what the question was that somebody had sent, which was, why do we even want to get faster? And I took that question and I asked it to the online community on Facebook. And there were a lot of answers. And I want to get into those answers. Why do people want to get faster? So Danielle Anderson says, because she <laughs> is afraid of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and Renee White and Michael Bafumo agree. So other ones on the list looks like to better myself, and that's Aubrey Scott. Yeah, and Donnie Rinnick says he wants to feel like he's not just getting a participation medal. I think that's a really good one. He feels accomplished, I guess, huh? Yeah. For doing a race and getting a good time? Yeah. For the gram, Alicia Joy. <laughs> If it if it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen. <laughs> Michelle Rebecca says, the faster I am, the faster she can finish. So that's kind of cool. I agree with that one. I feel like, you know, when I go for a run or so, I feel like I'd rather do a mileage rather than a amount of time. I've done it both, but I don't know. If you do a mileage, the faster you do it, 
the quicker it's done. <laughs> that is very true. If you do a time, then you can kind of just go slow and just wait it out, but that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah. So Tiffany Olchi says, so I don't have to poop in the bushes again. <laughs> I later on talked to her and she says she has celiac disease, unfortunately. Oh. So she says, when you got to go, you got to go. Yeah, it can make it tough. So make it a quick run. <laughs> make it a quick run. So then we had a lot more that all said about um, that they care personally more about the distance. And we've seen an influx if you follow running statistics that a lot of people want to now finish ultra marathons rather than speed. And I can, kind of can relate to that because you feel like, oh, I've already done a marathon and you, you try to get a little bit faster at it. But a lot of people have this distance goal as well. I feel like that's probably equally important just mentally as um speed yeah that kind of goes back to what i was saying interestingly but i kind of was favoring the opposite <laughs> just having <laughs> having a set mileage and then getting faster so that you have to run for less amount of time because <laughs> <laughs> you don't love marathons anyway a couple of, a couple of other good ones jeanette potiti says it might go back to childhood when wanting to win races against other kids so that goes to our competitive nature Another couple of cool ones where Jean McLean says Kona, Boston. That makes sense because you have to qualify for those races. And if they're on your bucket list, you got to just run fast and get, get the job done for those. Do they have a Kona marathon or is it just a Ironman? Oh, I thought that was a marathon too that you have to qualify for, but maybe it's Ironman. Kona is the typical place for Ironman. Oh, then that's probably what uh, he meant. So one last one is by Megan Slender Crabtree, and she said, you should ask my husband. He would say something like, why wouldn't it be your goal to beat your previous time? I find that a view like this is very narrow and doesn't cover the whole scope of why people run. My why is more for therapeutic value. So again, there goes the competitive nature in some people more than others, or obviously also the amount of time and willingness that you have to commit to a big and fast goal like that. So on to the interview? Yes, on to the interview. And without any further ado, we're now going to have our interview with Jeremy Rivera. All right, so I'm here with Jeremy Rivera. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So can we start by having you tell us about yourself, your name, age, where you're from, and how you started running? So my name is Jeremy. Um, I am 28 years old, and I started running in 2015 when I was in college. I didn't really have any friends or hobbies, so I was kind of looking for something to do um, that was challenging. So yeah, that was kind of like the start of my journey. What inspired you to run? Was it some kind of movie that you saw or did you just see other people running and decided, hey, there's a local half marathon I want to sign up or how did that happen? So um, I've always kind of had an interest of like how far I could travel on foot, although I was never a runner or <laughs> athletic. But one day um, I was watching a True Life episode on MTV and I saw this girl who decided to do a Tough Mudder. And um, she basically she wasn't athletic, just like me, and she trained for it 
completed it, even though no one thought that she could do it. And um, seeing her accomplishment, that sense of like personal accomplishment after she did it really inspired me. And so I signed up for my first mud run. Um, It was actually a 5k mud run. And then I signed up for a uh, savage race, which is about five to eight miles and like involves, um, these like electrocution rod things <laughs> and like this 15 foot ledge that you have to jump off. And I thought it was like a really good challenge for me to do. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you just kind of decided to sign up for it by yourself or did you have any friends that were joining you? <laughs> no, no one wanted to join me. Not even my boyfriend at the time was like, no, I am not doing that. You're getting electrocuted. No way. (laughs) So I did it. I did it completely by myself. Um, And I just had this like spiritual moment when I was out there. I, at that point, never ran that far, like five to eight miles. Um, And I was out there and like, I felt that runner's high and I knew at that moment, I'm definitely going to chase something longer eventually. But, you know, at that moment I was just in so much pain and I finished and I saw my mom and I cried because she was there waiting for me at the finish line. And it was just a really cool experience. That sounds awesome. That sounds exactly pretty much the reason why all of us run because we're chasing that runner's high and we want to feel that, feel those tears coming down after a a marathon and stuff. So cool. So then, um, so then you did that. And then how did your first half marathon happen? Can you tell us about that um, infamous half marathon that you did? So um, right after that mud run, I joined a running group and I met um a girl who would become my friend and she would convince me to do this half i knew i wanted to do distance running but i had never really sought out a half marathon to do and she told me you know i already got my ticket i'm going down to stewart florida if you want to come and i was like well (laughs) i think at this point like besides that race i did i've only trained like three miles one time on a wednesday every wednesday i do my three miles with the group And I was like, oh, well, you know, I think if I can at least crawl, I can definitely make it. So um, I signed up for it and I went to Stuart with her and I did it. I made it until like mile three when I stopped running. And then I like walk ran up until mile six and then I just walked the rest. (laughs) And it was really bad. It took me three hours and 25 minutes and they were like taking down the timing and all the tables, all the food was gone. Like the race had pretty much wrapped up and there was like 500, like 85 participants. And I was 584. So crazy. Yeah. That is so hard to believe knowing what you're doing now. So yeah. Can you tell us why it took you so long besides the training? um, I'm assuming you were also a little bit heavier back then. Can you tell our listeners where you are at right now with your weight and how heavy you were back then? Yeah. So at the time um, I was like 158 and I've always kind of like went between crash dieting and going between 145 back to 158 over and over again when I would regain the weight. 
like at my leanest, I'm at 106, but right now I'm 116. So my weight's still kind of like fluctuating all over the place, but now it's more from like my volume of training. My eating is very consistent. So yeah, at the time it was weight, it was lack of training. Yeah, that was pretty much why I ended up coming in so slow. And your frame, because people can't see you, you, how tall are you? Uh, five, two. <laughs> yeah. Really you're pretty short. short. Yeah. Yeah. So 158 is <laughs> a lot, a lot. For, for a small frame like that. Yeah. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So then you went on and now you have a PR for your half marathon. Can you tell us what that PR is and how that experience was different from your first half marathon? Yeah. So my PR is from December, 2020. It's an hour and 24 minutes and 42 seconds. And um, I was actually hoping to go a little bit faster, but sorry, I was hoping to go a little bit faster, but I knew from mile one, it wasn't going to happen. Like I ran, I started off at 622 pace minute per mile. And I could just tell from the humidity and the heat it was going to be hard. And then by the time mile three came, I felt like I was in a 10 K I have never raced a half marathon where I started it out and felt like I was running a 10 K. So I didn't even know how I was going to make it to mile nine. And then for mile, I mean, for mile one, really, it was just like, I need to get to the next mile, the next mile, the next mile because it was so difficult. It was much harder than I was anticipating. It was a big shock. And the last mile, I thought I was sprinting. Like, I swear I was running like a 550 something and I, I was just holding pace. But like, I'm looking at the photos and I'm pale and I look ghastly and I just vomited all over the finish line. <laughs> I was so exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot harder than I anticipated, especially because I was like, oh yeah, I'll go like 622 pace. And I'm so used to halves feeling really good. I love distance running and I pride myself in having a kick at the end of a long race. And this one, there was just no kick and the whole thing was just suck the whole time. <laughs> Wow. So what was your, what was your PR before that one? 127, 127 was my PR before that. And that was in March, like right before the whole world shut down, like the weekend before everything shut down. I was like, is this a good idea to do this race? And I kind of knew, you know, uh, things might not, um, be normal for the rest of the year. So I actually wanted to go slower at that race, but the night before I was looking in the mirror and I was like, journey, you're going to go out at the pace <laughs> that you want to go at secretly in my head, which was faster. And I did. And it was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. And it worked out fine. No vomiting. No, I vomited. <laughs> oh, okay. So is that yeah. something that you, that you normally do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's just nerves. Like 
I see the finish line and I go, eh, and <laughs> all my friends laugh at me for it. I just see it. And I'm like, I'm going to gag. I'm going to gag. I'm near the finish. <laughs> like oh, I just wow. did a 15 K this weekend and I saw the finish line. And as soon as I turn, I gagged and I was like, journey, <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> just breathe. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, oh, I guess. I mean, I guess that's what it leads to, right? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Some people say like, I know this guy who runs 15 minute 5Ks and he's like, you shouldn't be puking. So some people are like, don't puke at all um, or try not to. But um, it's something that's like uncontrollable. Like I just feel heat in my head and I'm the kind of person that I just have to get it out. Like there's some people who can count the number of times they puked on one hand. And I'm the type of person that's like, if I feel it, it's going to come out. I'm just going to go ahead and just get out of the way and keep going. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to your half marathon. Can you summarize what major changes you made that resulted in you running? What made you run two hours yeah. faster than your first race? Yeah. So, um, one of the biggest things was cutting alcohol. I used to love like drinking on Friday, um, before happy hour cut or before happy hour after work for happy hour, <laughs> I would drink and then I would show up to the Saturday run hungover. So like I wasn't getting the most out of it. So cutting out the alcohol, taking the Saturday runs more seriously, um, adding in more mileage was a big thing for me and adding it in more consistently. So usually I would, um, do this training block and then completely come off the mileage, like go really low. This time I kind of kept it more year round consistent um, and then peaked, obviously, as I got to the race, brought it slightly down, but not as down as before. So cutting alcohol, uh, mileage, speed work was a big thing, um, adding in specific speed work. So that way, um, on race day, my time was never a surprise. Like it used to be, oh, I'll go out and see what's going to happen. Um, now in my races, I know down to the minute where I'm going to fall. Now it's just like a matter of seconds. Like, am I going to fall on the lower range of that or on the higher range? Um, some days I don't do as well as I hoped and I, you know, fall off by like a minute or two, but it's not like this like 15 minute gap or anything like that. So yeah, alcohol, mileage, speed work, strength training too was a big one to avoid injury. <laughs> what do you do for strength training? Um, fitness blender, which is free online. Um, I just train at home mostly, especially during the shutdowns and everything. We lost gyms, but I have dumbbells at home that I use. And I just do like a lot of body weight stuff. And, um, I, I know my personal weaknesses, so I work on them, um, just at home, like, I know my feet pronate. So I try to do like a lot of foot strengthening stuff and strengthen my hips because I tend to have injuries that come from, you know, those kind of imbalances. Yeah. Cool. What about your nutrition? 
So my eating is, I just eat normal food. <laughs> like um, I have oats um, in the morning for breakfast and some fruit and peanut butter, um, sometimes like bagel, fruit and eggs. And then um, for lunch, I'll do like some kind of crock pot meal or like a tuna sandwich or something. Um, pita chips, hummus, vegetables, more fruit, like for snacks. I have chocolate every day. <laughs> like it's unsweetened chocolate, but it's, I have like three little pieces every single day because nice. it's so delicious. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, dinner is like crock pot meal. Sometimes I have like a glass of milk, which, um, some people are kind of surprised to hear. I don't know why, but I really like milk. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of like the gist of my diet. Um, so you're just I, having a healthy diet. You're not having anything crazy. and Yeah, no, it's just regular food. I recently got into non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> oh, is there any good ones out there? Yeah, I really like athletic brewing. They have a good IPA, um, a hazy IPA, and then... Oh gosh, I forget what it's called. Some like a amber ale. Um, there's also a German style one, but I forget the name of it. All right, so let's dive a little bit more into your training. So, are you currently self-coached, or what type of training plan do you have? So, I use a program through the running store that. Um, puts on all the races in Orlando or a lot of the races in Orlando, not all of them, but, um, they have a program called five and dime. And basically my coach gives me, gives me my Tuesday and Thursday workouts, but everything outside of that, I pretty much do on my own. Um, sometimes he doesn't really, <laughs> he doesn't really like what I do. Like I like streaking, um, running consecutively every single day. And that just makes him cringe. Um, sometimes like I really enjoy doing back-to-back -back double long runs and he doesn't like that. So, um, I've just kind of learned to like, keep those things to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming he doesn't have a training peak plan or something like that, where he can follow your runs. He just got a Garmin like okay. a month ago and he's, <laughs> he's been stalking some of us. Like I was in the shower the other day and he's like, did you just run doubles? Oh no. And I was like, uh, what? No, <laughs> I didn't. But, um, I was like, wow, I feel exposed now that he can see what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so cool. So the rest of the workouts, you just figure it out. What works for you? Is that how pretty much? Been yeah. Um, I, you know, every year something changes and what worked last year doesn't work this year. Um, so I'm pretty, I, I just kind of take things by the season. So if I noticed from January to like March or April, something didn't work out for me, then I know going, going forward that I should probably change things up a little bit, but I usually kind of start figuring out within a couple months, like if something's not working out. Wow. I mean, that's pretty amazing. You're 
That's really cool that you're doing that all on your own. Um, so let's talk about injury prevention. You've already mentioned cross training. Is um, that pretty much what you do? Just having the weights um, and doing that to prevent having injuries? Yeah, the weights, um, TheraBands, another really good one. And just doing some of the classic things that you see um, your PT will tell you like scrunching a towel with your feet or like standing on one leg to strengthen your foot muscles. Um, I tend to get a lot of like foot tendon injuries from that over pronation that I was talking about. So yeah, a lot of my strength training is just kind of like making sure that I'm, um, keeping those stabilizing muscles strong. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And last one, what about your mindset? Let's talk about your mantras and um, whatever you're doing, whatever sacrifices or things you're battling in your head to uh, keep the negative thoughts away. What do you do? Yeah. So I kind of was um, thinking back on my running recently and I was like, you know, a lot of my, the theme in my running is kind of breaking through um, I don't know why I can't think of the word right now, but breaking through, um, oh my God, why can't I think of the word that, um, self-doubt, um, imposter syndrome. So yeah, a lot of my training is themed around like breaking through that imposter syndrome. I love putting myself in a situation. Like I think I have no business in and, um, going to town on the work and trying to make it possible. It's always, it's sometimes not possible, but I love to get my butt kicked. So, um, my mantras are constantly changing, but right now, one of the ones that I'm using is growth because, um, lately I've been that imposter syndrome has been flooding into me a little bit more than I would like in the winter. And I started hitting some certain paces that I was like, okay, this hurts. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. Maybe this is just too hard for me. So I had to remind myself, you know, no runner starts out as an expert. Like they have all experienced this pain. We've all experienced this doubt. We just have to work through it. Um, so yeah, a lot of my mantras recently have been kind of surrounded around that theme of like, this is where I need to be. It should be uncomfortable because I'm growing and growth is uncomfortable and it's painful and it sucks. But when you can stick through and see yourself on the other side of that, um, that's where you kind of like discover what you're made of and what you're capable of. I love this. This is so cool. Yeah. And it's so crazy to hear that someone like you, you know, as fast as you has those feelings that we all share of uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's, um, that's the one thing. And I think that a lot of us can relate to just like rocking our world and throwing us off something. You know, a lot of us have dealt with that and have stuck through something that we didn't think was possible. And then we're looking on the other side of that and we're like, oh my God, I was totally capable of that. Why did I even, <laughs> why did I even think that I wasn't? But yeah. yeah. It's interesting that it still happens. So what is next for you? Can we talk about 
your next races? And perhaps in the future, are you going to be an Olympic trial participant? And we can say that we knew you back when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my speaking of putting myself in places I don't belong, one of the things I really want to do is qualify for the Olympic trials. And of course, you know, they haven't released what that time is going to be. So I don't know if it's going to change all of a sudden because there were a lot of women who qualified back in or who qualified and ran back in 2019. Um, so I'm expecting it's going to get harder. Um, but going forward, I just got a new job. So that's kind of throwing off my entire year because um, it's a temp job and it ends in November, which is when Indianapolis Marathon is. So now I think if I can't do Indianapolis, then I would do Houston. And the goal would be to get um, under three hours. Um, so originally I thought last year, like, oh, that would be so easy. I have it in the bag. But then when I ran, um, OUC and I thought a 620 pace was super easy and it was in the bag and it ended up not being that easy. I kind of reworked, um, my expectations on that. You know, I kind of thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a lot harder to hit under three than I originally thought. But I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to make that happen and just kind of chip down from there from three hours and yeah, maybe 250 and then 245 and then better. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. We can't wait to follow your journey. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again, Jeremy, so much. I had a great time talking to you. And Ryan, guess what? What? Jeremy is starting coaching with Coach Ron Tab. That's cool. I'm excited to see if she improves. She wants to get her Olympic dream, Olympic trial dream done with. And who knows by the time the Olympic trials will roll around, what the qualifying time will be for her. But I think she's on her good way because she's self-coached and um, she actually reminds me a lot of Ron Tab just from her work ethic and, uh, you know, the things that she likes. She likes streaking, meaning she likes running every single day and running hard to the point where she almost vomits at a finish line. And uh, I have no doubt that she'll make her dream happen. I guess you kind of know you're near your limit if you start vomiting. Well, yeah, I guess. Work hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it, you guys. Uh, if you like this episode, please, again, leave us a five-star review, and we will forever be indebted to you. <laughs> Even if you don't like it, leave a five-star review. <laughs> There's no other option. Just push on the five stars. So thanks again, and have a great week of running. Thanks for listening. For training tips, previous podcast episodes, and fun merchandise for runners, please check out our website at wgtr.us. That's wgtr.us. And as always, have a wonderful week of running.